Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is season two, episode 35. If you're counting, this is actually episode 85. I'm Craig. I am Britt. Britt, we're back for another off-season week of football. You know, I, I have not done, I took the entire week off of just like looking at anything. <laughs> I have no idea what's happened in the last week. So this is, this whole episode, it's going to be hot takes from Britt. Nice, nice. Uh, but first, as we always start, there's a can in front of you. There is. It's, it's a, shiny. It's a weird looking can. It's got like a moon man on it. It does. But it's from Kent Falls Brewing, which <clears throat> is a very highly rated local brewery. Um, this one's called All Alone with Everywhere to Go. It's a <laughs> single hop pale ale. It's 5.1%. Uh, yeah, we're starting off a little light, not like last week. <laughs> and it's extremely um New. fresh yes it was just it was like packed last week a week ago uh, seven days ago eight days ago yeah exactly and you know what this is interesting if you'd read the bottom of this it has a canned on date and then has a peaked date huh it says you'll canned on this day peaks by and i can't read the date I on think mine that's a five or a six so they're asking you should read drink this within three months we're gonna drink this within um like three minutes so here we go let's pop this bad boy open bush okay it's a pale ale. We're much more of an IPA person, which is a formal now, pale ale. This was but... recommended to me by the guy at the store. I'm like, I'm looking for an IPA, preferably New England, but they didn't have a lot of New England options. So you, he... Where were you? Town line? Yeah. In Stratford? Nice place. He was like, this. The, go with that one. It's really, it's one of his uh, favorites. So They do a lot of staff picks there. That's true. Ooh. Oh. <clears throat> what do you think? He's thinking. I'm trying not to belch into the mic, honestly. Perfect. <laughs> um, do you need another sip? I just took a real big gulp of it. I think if I take another sip, I'm going to actually belch into the mic. Bush. Uh, it's unique. It's a really strong pale ale up front. It's got a very mild finish. I won't call it weak. I'll call it mild. And the finish lingers. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm still tasting it a good 15 to 20 seconds later. It just it's hangs light, around. Light, juicy. Definitely has a hop taste, but it's not overpowering. Yeah. It's not like all. it's not like LaCroix of hops, but it's no. it's light. Right. It's a lighter hop. If LaCroix is a lemon <laughs> whispered from the other it's whispered its name from the other room, this is the lemon is sitting next to you on the couch and just went, hi. So I you know it's, really, I, it's a refreshing That's beer. the word for it. It's so not like what we usually taste on here that it's throwing yeah. me a little bit, but I do enjoy this. I this, this is, is gonna is be good. highly rated for me. This is good. So one of the things we're gonna start doing, um, probably with our our next season we'll make it more official next season is we're going to really be doing it untapped for everything that we um we keep a, a, an eye on here but i'm going to look this guy up right now i'm curious right. to see what he scores on untapped it's cool it's cool canar too it's a little um astronaut guy sitting on a planet and the the moon i guess or whatever other planet he sees has an eyeball in it yeah okay hold on my phone now admittedly i will buy if i don't know what i want to get Mm -hmm. I will buy beer or wine based off the label, like the can art or bottle art. Oh, absolutely. Just because. All right. So this one's, uh, it is on untapped. It's got a global rating of four, uh, 4.24. Wow. Which is really That's strong. really high. For, and it's not like it has 12 ratings. It's not like the guys at the brewery. It's got 420 check-ins. It's not bad. So I'm going to check it in myself and I'm going to give it a four and a, I'm going to get, I, and I'm almost every beer I drink rates between three and a half and four. Right. It takes a lot to get. It takes you got to be you got to be Bud Light bad to get under a three from me, and you got to be really there's solid. There's a couple to get of beers you you put over a four. Yeah, there's there's probably about fifteen total out of like the two hundred I've tried. This is gonna get a four and a quarter. Nice. It is it is really really solid. Uh, and the flavor profile. Yes, it was citrus. Yes, it was clean. 
clean is the word. That That's is the absolutely word. the word. Pineapple is one of the flavor profiles mm. that's recommended, but I don't get pineapple, so I'm not going to check it off. And we'll check it in and move on. Did I get a badge? Did you? I don't know. Oh, sad. Takes a moment. Oh, I did. I unlocked uh, that. Is, I'm now up to 40 independent <laughs> craft brewers tried. Nice. And that is my 125th beer of a middle um, middle level um, ABV. Wow, I got a bunch of badges. Legend of the Free 49. That's 245 different U.S. beers I've tried. My wow. God. I might have to go into rehab. <laughs> but anyway, that yeah, that, thank you for getting that. That was really solid. That's good. That was a good that's one. That's really solid. But, you know, I, you mentioned it was episode 85. Right. Is there anybody in the numbers that, that reflects 85 in significance? Wow. Um, hmm. I cheat yep. and I pull up a Hall of Famers list, so I know the answer he, to this he question. He did. And I kind of looked at the list too. So, but I'm going to go with Art Monk. <laughs> Art Monk were number 85 in Washington. Um, amazing career. He, you know, he didn't break a thousand yards until he'd already been in the seat in his fifth year, but he only played ready for this. He played from 1980 through 1995. He played three games in Philadelphia that last year. He appeared in 224 games career. And he had 183 straight games with a catch. That's a lot. That's 11 and a half seasons. I did the math. 11.4 <laughs> to be exact. That is 11 straight seasons with a catch in every game. That's that's kind of bananas. That's amazing. That is that's impossible now. Of. There's no way anybody is coming near that now. There's oh, it, just, just no. not. So a different day and age too. I mean, you know, you're talking about a, a guy who's in the Hall of Fame. He only broke a thousand yards four times. How many in, touchdowns did he have? Uh, grand total. Yeah. Hold on, that's blocked by the phone. Sixty-eight. Oh. All right. Sixty-eight. He never had a year more than eight, and that was, I think, eighty-nine. Oh man, he, he was he was in the Washington in those good years. You know, those that what they have two championships while he was there. Yep. Oh man. So classy choice there. Classy choice. Burning hot takes. All right. You want to give or receive? Uh, let's receive. Okay, so news out of our sister sport of baseball. Right. The Atlantic League of Professional Baseball, which full disclosure, I used to work for because I worked for the Bridgeport Bluefish before they uh, ceased to exist, Right. has announced a partnership with Major League Baseball. <laughs> of course. Of course they have. <laughs> Why, yeah. why, why are you laughing at that? Why is that funny? Because it's after the Bluefish leave. Yeah, now, now, now well, <laughs> wait until you hear what the partnership's for. Okay. This is not a player exchange. We're not becoming, they're not becoming a minor league affiliate. Okay. They have made an agreement to take on some of the experimental rules that Major League Baseball wants to utilize to see if they would work. Okay. They have not officially put out what this list will meet will be. But two of them are things that Major League Baseball has talked about in the past. Okay. The first one is moving the pitcher's mound back. They want to make it further from mound to plate because people throw harder. They just want it, they want to make it easier for batters to actually hit the ball. Okay. Number two is radar controlled balls and strike calls. <clears throat> Supposedly, as part of the agreement, again, they have not come out other than to say there's an agreement yet. Each of the eight ballparks where they play Atlantic League games would be outfitted with the triangulation radar that is how like Fox does like that Fox tracks right stuff yep. what do you think is this a good is thing is it replacing the umpire 
Well, no, because there's got to be still somebody there to call fair, foul, and safe and out. No, no, but I'm saying is is the umpire still going to be calling it, or is the system... The umpire is going to rely on the system to make the strike. So there's going to be a little thing in his ear telling him what it was. I don't know how that is happening. It might be, it, you know, in, in, in high school, a lot of the communication with the umpire and, and the booth is done through the scoreboard. You know, a right. lot of those, you know, they'll, they'll light up a light on the scoreboard. So, I mean, I would imagine that they're just going to go... He's gonna ha- he's gonna have some sort of communication device, or he's gonna have a handheld thing that's gonna buzz when it's a strike, and he's gonna make the call based off of that. So I have no idea. But think about it. They don't want. Where else would you experiment with this? You don't want to move your pitcher's mound in spring training. It's gonna throw off every pitcher for the first six months of the year. You're right. not gonna put it in minor league baseball because then people coming up are gonna have a completely different perspective. You need something completely separate from major league baseball to test this with, and the Atlantic right. League is a perfect specimen for that. True, true, but I I agree with that because I, I love this idea. You're right because we're like where and when else how would they do it? Because it would it would really screw everyone up. Exactly. So does that mean they're gonna push second base? They're gonna move the whole thing back? No. So they're just gonna put the mound back further closer to second. You can't you can't move you can't move second base because it's got to be ninety feet between the bases. They're not changing the base path, just the distance between mound. So what's the distance between second and the mound now? Not that much. Not, so not, now the pitcher is going to become like a secondary the shortstop. Pitcher's pro- well, the, pi- <laughs> the, the pitcher is probably a good ten to fifteen feet in front of second base. He's probably going to be five or ten. So the edge, the back edge of the mound will probably be about ten feet from second base. So yes, well here's wow, that's going to really affect stealing and bunting. Think bunting about that. Go you, up. you you can bunt straight up the middle now as long as you get that thing to die five. He's got to travel further off the mound, and that's why I think you're going to see the Atlantic League is going to every leadoff hitter who can lay down a bunt, is going to bunt yep. to start a game. <clears throat> Every single one that has decent speed. I love the fact that they're using this. I'm glad that they made it official. Uh, it, it was kind of unofficial for a long time uh, when they talked about changing the extra innings rule and putting a guy on second base to start extra innings. That was something Major League Baseball was looking at. The Atlantic League started talking about doing that because Major League Baseball wanted to look at it. So it's been kind of an informal thing going on for a while. Now it's formal. Hmm. Which means they're now playing, paying the Atlantic League to do this. Has baseball started timing the pitcher yet? I because I know I've I remember they wanted to start doing that like a shot clock, like basketball, because they were complaining games take too long. I think they're doing it like unofficially. I know that they can warn them like two times, and then charge them a ball. I think it's happened once or twice in actual regulation games where hmm. they've given you three straight innings of warning, and then in the fourth inning they're like, "All right, we're going to charge that as a ball because you're not listening," you know. But I, I honestly don't know. So you don't All mind right. this? You're okay with this? I'm okay with trying it because you know, as, you know, as you were saying, there's no way, there's no good way for the for major league to test this, right? Without screwing up the entire league. That's how I look at it. All right, what do you got for me? I'm um, tearing through this ale, by the way. This nice. is tasty. It is easy drinking. Um, and dangerous. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah. So you know, there were rumors saying that um, Arizona was gonna trade Josh Rosen, draft Kyler, Kyler Murray, right? Now there's rumors that they're going to trade their first round pick. Okay. If you were the Cardinals, yeah. What would it take for you to give up your first round pick? Another first round pick lower in this year's draft and then at least two or three picks in subsequent drafts. So you wouldn't want a player. It would have to be a really good player. But here's the thing, the Cardinals are so many pieces away from contending. Okay. So you think they need to stack up the way Dallas did yes. in the 90s? Yes. Well, yeah, they need this is not something this is something where you you trade down to like someone in the middle of the first round who really wants to trade up. Okay, a team that's either just on the edge of the playoffs or just barely made the playoffs and needs a quarterback. You make that trade, 
and you get that and you get like their second and their third or fourth or and or in the next next draft. And now in 2020, you're drafting six times in three rounds, seven if you still have your first round pick. Now you're bulking up and by 2022, you're a contender. That's got to be what they're thinking about. That's I mean, Fair. that would be the only way to go. If you're committed to Rosen, then go for it. But are they yeah. committed to Rosen? I don't know. I don't know. Man, unless the Steelers call them. Treat Antonio need, Brown. You need help. You need help. <laughs> that everywhere. team needs help everywhere. Everywhere. David Johnson is probably your most reliable player for now, and he isn't that reliable. I'm sorry. Nope. I'm sorry. It's around the time last year that somebody started yelling at me about how great David Johnson. Remember that? Be. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Because yeah, he jumped out of a pool. Yeah, I, I ranked him four, and then somebody screamed at me that he can jump out of a pool on Twitter. And um, yeah, yeah, he sent us a video of him jumping out of a pool. Yeah, like, that was that's awesome. That Jump. was damn impressive. I it almost was. wanted to strip down to my gotchies, <laughs> climb my fat ass into a pool, and then go. Are right, you guys ready? And then just climb out awkwardly and go. Yeah, all right, and send that as a response. I really wanted to. I didn't, but I wanted to. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think there's too many pieces. You, I think trading is the right idea. I really do. I but for trading. picks, not players. Unless it was in, would you trade or a combination round, of both? Yeah. So you would trade your first round pick for like Antonio Brown? No, 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 because Antonio Brown helps me now, and I need help in two years. I need guys who will be ready in two years. So are you trading me an Antonio Brown that has four years on his contract and is going to be ready to go in twenty twenty two? No. If I'm trading, I'm trading for top level players that are going to help me next year. So it, and this will never happen. And let me be clear. Okay, let me start right here because I got some flack today and I had an apology to lend. This is not what I'm advocating. I am not suggesting this could or would possibly happen. But if you're trading for a player, yep. it's like a Saquon Barkley and a pick. So someone who's only been in the league at the most three young. years. Someone who's and not young. not broken. But and of course, that's not going to happen. The Giants would never trade Saquon Barkley. Right. Never in a million years right now. He is their 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 blue chip asset. And that's that's what they and all the, the question marks surrounding Odell. They came out again today and said they have no intention of trading Odell Beckham. Why are we keep talking about this? Yeah, if you're not gonna do it. There's there's gotta weird. be some there's gotta be some smoke somewhere. There's smoke somewhere about this. There is. There is. Apparently I've seen rumors that he wants to go do New England. Yeah, that would go really well. Ask Chad Ochocinco how well his shtick played in New England. <laughs> you kick a net, you'll be in the net the rest of your career, Odell. You cannot. You, no, he he's not going to play there. He's not going to play there. So, all right. All right. So, my last question, yeah. actually, mentioning Ochocinco, yeah, leads us to this. All right. Were you the one that sent me the link about the rent payment? Yeah, it was or did one you of see us. this? I saw it. Okay. So, for those who don't know, Chad Ochocinco in hit the boredom of retirement has become a he, bit of a Twitter personality. He has. He he's, likes Twitter. He's a bit of a philanthropist. And a philanthropist. <laughs> he just, he, so Friday, he just tosses out on Twitter, happy Friday, tell me what's going on. Something to those words. That's not a direct quote. Again, I got a lot of trouble for things I've said on this air. So um, <laughs> it was not a direct quote. And somebody wrote back, it was like, it's Friday, but man, I just found out I'm getting evicted. His response was, send me the bill. And within a couple of hours, he had made a payment through PayPal to pay this man's rent and avoid ex- <laughs> eviction. Craig. <laughs> <laughs> is Chad Ochocinco just that bored? Is he trying to generate buzz around his name? Is he trying to get no. newsworthy? Wow. It, on, the, on the surface, this looks like just yeah, the coolest he, thing ever. And he challenged his landlord to a game of FIFA. Yes. He's very into FIFA. He said, he said, if you lo- if you get behind again, tell your landlord, I'll play FIFA for the, for the amount. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, I've been following him for a long time and he's 
once he left the NFL, like this just became his thing. Like he he'll go on Twitter and be like, hey, I'm anyone want lunch? I'm going to be at this place. And the first 20 people show up, he buys lunch for. He's like, hey, I just found like five hundred dollars in this coat I haven't worn in a year. Who Who needs it? it? Who needs it? So he's been doing for stuff like that, like randomly um, for a while now. So it's it reminds me of when Twitter was very young. Shaq used to do stuff like that. I think he was playing in Boston at the time, and he put something like, day off, I found this cool-looking fountain. I'm just going to hang here for an hour. Come say hi. And, like, an hour later, posted a picture of him and, like, seven people just sitting by the fountain. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he does he does do that randomly. And his daughter's, like, a huge track star now, too. Speaking of, did you know Snoop's, uh, one of Snoop's uh, sons, his oldest son, I think, is, like, one of the top California high school players in football? Yes. He's a wide receiver, I think. Yes. He's trying to drag him to USC. Oh, really? I, if I remember correctly, because Snoop Dogg has been a USC booster for a long time, and he likes the USC Trojans, so he's been trying to tell his son he's going to play for USC for a long time now. Huh. Snoop Dogg, talk about a guy who just was like, you know what? Yeah, man. I got to transform <laughs> what I do. I'm not going to retire being just a rapper, and now he's hosting freaking game shows. He's got a baking show with Martha Stewart. Oh, th- <laughs> if, you, if you watch their dinner party show, yeah. where they actually do a whole dinner, yeah. it's hysterical. He sits there and he talks in street slang that she can't possibly understand. Well, she was in prison. (laughs) Prison. Air quotes. Prison. So, but I I saw Snoop Dogg. Yep. I won't say I met him because that's a lie, but this this is a fun little side story. I was, I'm a huge fan of Stephen Colbert. Love his stuff. When he was doing the Colbert Report for Comedy Central, this is this is going back at least 10 or 15 years. We tried like holy hell to get tickets to, to go see a show. We finally get them. We get four tickets. I take my wife, my well, then girlfriend, now wife, and two of our friends, one of which is sight impaired. Okay. We wait outside in the cold. We get into the studio. And okay, so we'll back this story up a second. They don't tell you who's appearing until like, two or three days or a week before the taping. Right. So like a week before the taping, it's some random author and Snoop Dogg. That's random. And I tell my girlfriend slash now wife, um, so here's the guest. And she went, Snoop Dogg, are you freaking kidding? <laughs> and I went, no, why? She goes, I freaking love Snoop Dogg. He really? awesome. She loves his music. She's loved his style for years. So now we're outside the theater. Fast forward to the day of the thing. We get to the front doors. They're checking us in. They're doing the security clearance. We're going into the studio, and I've got the guy who's sight impaired with me. Okay. And he takes one step in the door and takes a deep sniff and goes, I smell weed. (laughs) And I said, are you serious? And he went, yeah. I said, did anyone tell you who we're seeing tonight? And he went, no. And I said, Snoop Dogg is one of the guests. (laughs) Ah, well, that explains it, I guess. That's awesome. It was an amazing show. Um, they did a whole segment with a a bleep box where they put a, a box on the desk so they could talk openly. And every time they wanted to curse, all they had to do was tap the button to tell the censors they were going to bleed it out. Right. So what we heard in the studio was a lot of F-bombs. Nice. Going back and forth. And what broadcast on Comedy Central was a lot of bleeps. <laughs> and it was very good. And then he performed a song. And because it's focused on the artist, you can't see it. But Stephen Colbert was off just off stage, he was maybe about 15 feet to my left, just out of view of the audience with the producer, and he was dancing really? to Snoop Dogg. Yes, just dancing. Huh. And I'm like, he. they must have had a little chat in the, the green room beforehand and whatever Snoop brought with him. <laughs> you know. Speaking, extra fancy brownies. Extra fancy brownies. Speaking of people who profess to like to get high, 
Do you know what started this week, by the way? Again, what? one last off-topic thing. Sure. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, that's started right. filming this week. That's right. If you are a fan of Kevin Smith, you need to know this. They are filming a <laughs> reboot of the Jay and Silent Bob franchise based on the premise that they have to go stop a reboot of the Bluntman and Chronic <laughs> franchise, which is based on Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> So it's kind of like both a making fun of the fact that Hollywood remakes everything while they're bored and have nothing else to do, so they remake something. Right. <clears throat> That's going to be awesome. I'm psyched for it. After uh, Kevin Smith's medical emergency, he made that one of his top things to make sure he gets done. What? One more of these movies? No, no. The Jay and Silent Bob movie. Really? He wanted to do one when, that, when he had his heart attack, he was in the middle of writing it. So now, like, since he's better now, he's made it one of his goals to make sure he finishes that movie. The picture they put out on day one of filming was Jay Muse as Jay, um, Kevin Smith as Silent Bob, and next to them is Jason Lee holding a tiny Dixie cup <laughs> up for the camera like a trophy with this big shit-eating grin on his face, and you're like, they brought back Brody. They did. <laughs> there is a god. I don't think any of them listen to our podcast, but if you do, nope. all three of you are awesome. Jay, we saw you live when you were in Bridgeport doing your amazing stories or amazing tales. That was also awesome. Uh, Amusing. I'm sorry. It was amusing tales because his last name is Muse. Muse, right. So you get it. You know, I still to this day can look at Craig and go, wait, is this cheating? (laughs) And get a chuckle out of him for the story you told. And if you've seen Jay Muse, you know exactly what that means. If you haven't, I can't explain it to you on the air. No, no. But we've gone 24 minutes and not talked a moment of football other than Chad Ochocinco. Right. Well, we talked about trading picks. So tell me, what have I missed while I've taken a week off from paying attention to anything um well sean jinxed it um the bears are getting rid of cody parker i'm shocked shocked so yeah he misses one, one field goal or maybe he missed two he doinked all season long did he i somebody told me and i have not verified this it was probably sean somebody <laughs> told me he set a record for most impact most field goals missed by hitting a crossbar or lower bar in the season like oh, really? seven like seven times he kicked field goals that went off of the uprights and didn't go through. Oh, all right. Then that makes sense. Though. I have no idea if that's accurate or not, but I remember during that game, when he missed the first one, they showed clips of at least two or three during the season where he missed because he was hitting the upright. This is not new for him. You can't do that if you tried. No. And this if guy does it all it. <laughs> the time. All so the, the time. Bears, the Bears are in need of a new kicker. Um, Something that, you know, I'm sorry, Cinch, we'll have to bring this up, but... um. Robert Kraft got caught with his hand in the fortune cookie jar. He did what now? Uh, well, he um, he was at the NBA All-Star Game. Yeah, naturally. Florida. Naturally. He was with Meek Mills, wore his gold chain, which is kind of weird. But um, Well, Robert Kraft likes swapping jewelry. He... Ask Vladimir Putin. Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 All right! He's not getting that back. Nope. Um, yeah, if you don't know about that, uh, Putin took one of... Crafts, Putin, uh, super air low. quotes, stole his <laughs> ring. The long version is, I don't even remember why he was there, but he was meeting with Vladimir Putin for a goodwill thing. This is like 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. And uh, Putin admired his Super Bowl ring, so Kraft took it off and handed them to try it He's on. He's like, but, oh, thank you. And Putin never gave it back. <laughs> He's not getting it back. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> that weekend or whatever, I guess there was an after party maybe at a mm-hmm. local spa or oh say. My. And uh, the spa got raided, and him and along and like 60, 70 other people. It was a lot of people. So to be clear, he wasn't there when it got raided. No, he was. He was? Yes. 
I thought they raided and got him on videotape, and that's where they got him. Well, all right. Either way, they they, they feel they have proof of him engaging in prostitution. And and to be clear, he's the solicitor, not the offerer. Right. Okay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Although there may be a market for that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's a market for everything. Yeah, that's fair. Really? Um, So does this affect Patriots at all, you think? Does it matter? Nothing matters when it comes to the Patriots. Nothing. Okay. Let's just be honest. Now, Tom Brady did fly back with him in a jet together and they hugged after they got a long embrace i don't know did craft tip him <laughs> maybe <laughs> so i i think or, the the best quote that came across across from it was that now there's two people that are deflating balls for craft <laughs> that might be the greatest joke that came out of this entire thing um listen it, it's illegal it's an issue is it the end of the world no no is it as bad as when the Panthers owner started making racial remarks and talked about players as I can't remember what he was like stock or things like that. no, but it's got to be addressed. If it were not the Patriots, it would be a one line item. People would be upset about for five minutes and move on. But because everyone keys in on everything Patriots and, and, and let me be clear about that. The reason people like me key on and everything Patriots <laughs> is not because the Patriots have won so much. It's because the Patriots are the cockiest bunch of jackasses in the NFL. <laughs> They're good. They don't care who they know is good. They do what they want in terms of like the league. They they appear to air quotes again. Don't send me emails. They appear to <laughs> flaunt rules when it's convenient for them. They thumb their nose at the NFL when it's convenient for them. And they've drawn ire. Yeah, they've been good for a long time. And I've I've been on the record about this. I won't go into a whole rant about it. I question the legitimacy of that record. But with that level of success and with those question marks comes people wanting to see the fall. Right. That's just all there is to it. So it's because it's crafted, because it's the Patriots, it's a big deal. Deal with it. Price is success. But does this matter at all to the NFL? Does It, it matters to the NFL because it's getting a lot of attention. Okay. Does it matter to the point that they'll take action? No. This isn't like the yeah, flake. I mean, just go, just go to Nevada where it's legal outside of Vegas. Yeah, you know. Well, he'll be able to do that soon anyway because the Raiders are relocating. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh, what else has Britt met? Oh, so there's a lot of people that say the Jets should just sign Bell because they have tons of money. No, next but question. There are questions being raised about his conditioning and that he. There's rumors that he has gained weight and he is out of shape. So by, since he's worked at Dairy Queen. So by definition, when the league year starts, he's a free agent, correct? Yes. So then invite him in for a workout. Next question. Um, what is the, What is the issue here? Is so, the issue that Le'Veon Bell is going to ask for a boatload of money and say, no, you just have to take my word for it. I'm in great shape. Yes. Has he said that? Has he refused to come to anybody? Has he refused to meet with teams? I don't know if he's actually actually met with anyone. I don't know that he can before the start of the league year. Which is what, March something? March 5th, I want to say. I don't know that he legally can. But you can contact because they've they've you can you can contact his agent and say if he becomes a free agent we would like to to have him come in for a workout you can say that and leave it at that because technically he could be still tagged we know he's not going to be but he technically could be right so uh, there's that interference bit but does he really think someone's going to drive a dump truck full of money up to his house without him coming in to meet with them and to work out I probably he probably then he's that. an idiot then he's a stone cold idiot get it stone cold because he's working at Dairy Queen anyway. Get it. Get it. Hi, Deb. Get it. Hi, Deb. Okay, yeah, we got to do that Mia Culpa the Deb. So <laughs> I do, I have not looked at the tape on this, but according to Deb, I linked the fact that Craig once played with people who couldn't, who were not smart enough to put on a football helmet the straight way and then immediately segued into Hi, Deb. 
<laughs> thus making some sort of connection in perceived intelligence between a person who puts on a football helmet backwards and our friend Deb. That was not my intention. I have not looked back at the tape. And so help nope. me, Deb, if I look back at this tape and there was like 13 minutes in between it, you're never going to hear the end of it. But I was not. Deb is one of the smartest the people minutes. I know. What's that? I said, Britt's going to time the minutes. I'm going to time. Yes. I use a stopwatch to time this. You don't think I'll time that? I will. Oh, I know. But Deb's one of the smartest people we know. So whenever we wish Deb a high Deb, it has nothing to do with uh, intelligence. It was not because there was backwards helmets. So why did you just move that cooler? Well, is that a suggestion that it's time? It It might be. It is time. I mean, there's other topics we can talk about, but we have more beer. We do have more beer. The off-season brings lots of beer. So I did not make it to Witch Doctor this weekend. No, the no, family we had event, plans, but... The family know. event I was at lasted way too long, and so we decided it was not worth it, but we will make a trip up to Witch Doctor. All right, I'm just going to grab the one that's on top. All right, it's a blue can. It's a blue can from Collective Arts. Uh, IPA number eight, a double IPA. Oh, God, we're saving the double IPA for the mid-cast? Oh, my God. That's <laughs> hey, gonna... you, you, you reached in there and <sighs> grabbed it. <laughs> uh, double IPA with, I can't say this word, Moter. M-O-U-T-E-R-E, Moter. We'll, we'll go with that. Simcoe and Columbus Hops. All right. 8%. Now, it's a blue, it's a dark blue can, and it's got a cartoon dog head sitting on top of a smiling cloud. And it looks like the the, the dog's a saint, because he's got he's some got sort a of halo, halo around it on top of his head with lines coming out of it. Bush. Now, let's see how my pouring goes this week. Uh, while Bert's pouring, did you hear that... Um, so apparently Budweiser and Miller had some beer like collective thing that was going to happen this year. Okay. They're going to like promote beer together or something. Okay. I don't know the exact details, but after the Super Bowl ad <laughs> with corn syrup. Oh man, I can't see that going over. Uh, Miller has decided to no longer partner <laughs> with Budweiser on their collective thing that they were going to do. Can't really blame them. No, no. Can't really blame. Him. That was a uh, an easy cheap shot. So. It was. I mean, the commercial was amusing. It's got a really nice aroma. It does, and I must say, Britt poured these exactly evenly for the most part. Yeah, you could not part. see through this at all. Okay, it's got a very strong nose to it. I can't. I can't tell you what it smells. It smells citrusy. All right, and you cannot see through it at all. Uh, yeah. No. All right. So we've talked about hazy, and for extreme haze, we've used the word murky. Yes. Is this hazy or is this murky this, for you? This is murky. This is murky. Hazy. I can get some. I get light penetration through it, um, but it's clearly you something might be able to interfering. See your finger on the other side of the glass. Yes, you know what? There's a great thing. If I can see my finger on the other side of the glass, I, I can't say it's more than hazy. You cannot see your finger on the other no, side I of the glass. No, I can't. I can't. All right, let's go for this. All Here right. We go. He's taking a swig. He's swishing and thinking. He's thinking. That's terrible. Hand me your glass back. Oh dear. <laughs> That's good. Now the guy, the guy at the uh, store today, did point this beer out as well too. That is good. I like collective art stuff. I've had Ransack the Universe. I've had Life in the Clouds. I've had Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, I've had something else by them too. Huh? I've had a number of their beers. This is really good. It's it's very citrusy. Well, let's see what Untapped has to say it about is, it. It's citrusy. It's extra juicy compared to what we just had. Yeah, very. But there's juicy. like a there's like a background flavor that I can't think of. IPA number. Number eight. Eight. Okay. Hmm. Uh, 4.04 global rating, 4,300 check-ins. If you're not familiar with um, Collective Hmm. Arts, they're out of Toronto, but they brew in Stratford for local. It's almost like an anise licorice flavor. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, It's double dry hops. It's a cloudy, bright pour, intense fruit, dank citrus, and pine. Dank (laughs) Dank sounds like a basement. 
<clears throat> like this does, does not taste like a basement. No, no. I, and to be fair, I don't know what a basement would taste like. Okay. Uh, detailed descriptions, hoppy, hazy, citrus, aromatic, clean. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. That is pretty accurate. Okay. I'm going to give the, uh, this is going to get a four, four, two, five for me as well. We're on a I roll you, tonight. Nice. You're definitely on a roll tonight. So, all right. You know, so when you go to liquor store and you don't know what to get, just ask the guy or woman that worked there. If you find a place that you can trust, it's right. a good way to go. You know, this you know, place and then the, the guy that owns Turnpike. Oh, he's fantastic for us. Um, but like when I go to like Total Wine and Liquor in Milford has this massive superstore. They've got like two guys there who know beer and they've got 12 people who work there. So if it's not one of the two guys I know there who know beer, I don't ask. Right. I just don't. So, um, okay. So um, uh, the other thing yeah. we got going on. In yeah. Football. What else we got going on? Um, so two years ago, the Bengals drafted a receiver, the first round pick. Yeah. This receiver broke combine records. For 40 speed. Yeah. This receiver's name is John Ross. Yeah. John Ross also had an issue with those in those last two seasons where he hurt his shoulder and didn't tell anyone. Every five minutes. Till it was about eight weeks after he hurt it. Yeah. <laughs> so now the Bengals are shopping him around because they want to try to get so something. Update. I, right. I, I lied. Apparently I lied. Apparently. Because I did listen to NFL radio on the way over here. All right. And the Bengals GM came out today and denied that they are shopping him. But the rumor is out there that they are shopping him. Right. This would not be the first time <laughs> that someone has been shopped and the GM has said, while a potential buyer is on the phone, we're not looking to move that player. I'll be right back. Okay, so second round. It would not be the first time right. that's happened. Okay. Right. Um, so, you know. Because a lot, a lot, you know, there's a lot of people that don't follow the Bengals that say, well... Oh, they're giving up on him and whatever. But you really don't like, again, we don't know what's happening in the locker room. Right. Maybe he wants to move on. Maybe he's not happy there. Clearly, they've had issues with him because he only caught for like last year. I think he caught this past season. He caught for under 500 yards. Um, I don't think he got the 500 yards. I'll look it up. uh, Maybe it was like three something. Plus the issue with, you know, I can definitely see a team having an issue where if you get hurt and you don't tell them, like that's a giant issue. (laughs) And that's the problem with the NFL. Is that they want people on the field, but they don't want people concealing in- injuries. But if you're n- injured, you could lose your job to somebody right. else. But because he, he hurt his shoulder, so clearly that affects you catching. <laughs> uh, um, 2018, 20 run receptions for 210 yards. Well, it's definitely under 500. And seven touchdowns. Well, that's real. One out of every three catches was for a touchdown. Though. That's true. That's that's a deceptively that's, impressive number. That is. Um, so you know, hopefully they can at least get something for him maybe from the cardinals because <laughs> again they have larry fitzgerald and no one else at all they have that jj nelson guy but if you're the cardinals what are you gonna what are you gonna pay for him he's he's, he's still in his rookie contract he's damaged goods though he's not gonna be on his rookie contract when you get to that magical year two years from now when you expect to be good that's true and anything you give up for him now i just i don't see it i don't see it what he needs is a healthy season as a bengal and then the Bengals can shop the crap out of him. True. So, I, I don't know. Uh, the other Bengal news, they finally found a defensive coordinator. They did. They did. Who'd they hire? Um, Giants coach Lou Arma- Ar- uh, Aromo. That's not a big-name defensive coordinator. Uh, no, but he's the only one that took the job. <laughs> Apparently, him and uh, him and Zach worked in Miami together. So are you, are you a fan of the Harry Potter novels, Craig? I don't know if we've ever um, discussed this. Have you ever seen the movies? Uh, I've seen part of the first one. Okay, not... then. 
in the second movie, Dad would under get this. Yes, in the second movie, <laughs> in the second book, they hire a defense against the dark arts teacher named okay. Gilderoy Lockhart. All right, who only gets the job because he's the only one who wants it, <laughs> and he's That's terrible. <laughs> he's terrible. He's this famous <laughs> wizard who's beaten all these bad wizards, and he's just bad at his job. <laughs> I so see this going the same way. More than likely, um, listen, I'm happy that um, Bill Lazor is no longer associated with the Bengals at all in any capacity. Yeah. Bill Lazor has to be the worst offensive coordinator I have ever noted, like been seen mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. So he's gone. That's all that. But I'm happy. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. I... What else is going on? Yeah, Craig is just um, literally feeding me headlines this week because I, I have, I, aside from the three <laughs> minutes, I left three minutes from Craig. Three minutes it takes for me to get over here. I have done nothing this week. It has been, no. and part of it, to be honest, work's been busy. That's okay. Right. It yeah. happens. Real life happens. But real life, I only allow it to happen during the off season. It's nice to get these things on the record with a fresh perspective. To apologize to Deb because we don't think Deb is stupid. Um, so there, well, there's some trade rumors. These are people that might be traded. Okay. So you tell me if these people are going to get traded or where you think they would go. All okay, right. a little bit of both. Why all right. Not? Antonio Brown. Uh the latest report. Again, I listened to five minutes on the way over here. The latest report is that there are teams that are interested is increasing. So I have no idea where he'll go. Okay. No clue. All right. Next. Next uh, question. Deshaun Jackson. Ooh, they're trying to tra- trade him. Yeah, yeah. He could go a number of different places. He's a fantastic number two. He's got to go somewhere with an established number one. If we're you talking, want him on the Chiefs? Yes, I would take him on the Chiefs in a heartbeat. Really? In a heartbeat. Opposite Tariq Hill? Yes. Absolutely. Who was the Chiefs' deep threat this year? Yes. Okay. Tyreek Hill, our one. Oh. This would free up. So Deshaun Jackson doesn't have to be the deep threat. He can run five yards out, cut across the middle, and bam, he's going to have opportunities galore because as soon as Tyreek Hill gets 10 yards down the field, everyone panics. The entire secondary panics. and goes, get four bodies on that guy. And, it's, right. and again, Mahomes has amazing accuracy. It, it's just it's just a bad situation for anybody who's playing them. So. All right. Uh, next on the list is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he'll does, he be wind working, up on the, does he wind up on the Jaguars or the He winds or the up at a Kroger's uh, at the <laughs> deli counter. I'm done with Tannehill. Three You're years done. ago, three years ago, the you year... You were a big fan of Tannehill for the, a season. The year before we started this podcast, I thought Tannehill was going to have a breakout. And not only did he not have a breakout, he was terrible. Uh, so, no, I'm done with Tannehill. Um, I, don't think he, I don't think he goes anywhere. If anything, he becomes the next... Um, oh, God. The guy with the beard who always finds a way to get starts. Who's <laughs> that guy? Tennessee this year. Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Thank you. Who was the next Ryan Fitzpatrick? Tampa. Yeah. Tampa, that's right. Um, next on the list is yeah. Nick Foles. Does okay. he wind up on the Jaguars? Does new, he wind up in Miami? So here's the new news out of Nick Foles. They have decided they're not going to tag him. They had originally told him they were going to tag him okay. and then try to work out a trade. The Eagles have backed down off of that. Now, they still have until, I think, March 2nd. I could be wrong, but okay. they still have some time to apply the tag if they want to. But they've gone ahead and told Foles they're going to let him become a free agent. Okay. So when the tag period expires, he'll become a free agent. So if I'm Jacksonville, I am literally sitting outside of his house until 12:01 a.m. on the day where free agency so, becomes legal. You're telling me so you can could you see could you see Nick Foles and Antonio Browns on the Jags? I don't know if they can afford them both. They have so much money tied up on defense. That's true. That's uh, true. If the if the cap worked out, yes, yes. 
All Don't right. forget. I can't remember. It was it was an NBA player. So forgive this analogy, but that that happened. An NBA player and an NBA team. This literally happened where they pulled up in front of his house at eleven o'clock at night and sent a text message to the guy's agent and said, "We have every intention of engaging your client at twelve oh one a.m." So they sat outside his house for an hour. And the agent wrote to wrote to him and said, "Dude, there's a car parked in front of your house." It's the owner of X team and their GM. They're going to ring your doorbell at 12.01 a.m. And the dude was like, all right. And they rang the bell at 12.01 a.m. And that (laughs) player initially, I'm forgetting the story. He eventually decided to stay where he was. But that night, he was so impressed that a team wanted him so badly that they would be outside his (laughs) house, basically guarding the front door until free agency (laughs) began, that he was talking about signing with them. So I I think that's what we're going to look at here. All right, next on the list is um, Jacoby Brissett. Who? You know, Andrew Luck's backup. Oh, uh, he stays in Indy. Think so? Yeah, All I think right. so, because he's not worth anything. He has a chance to start. You don't think he can start somewhere? No, I don't. Maybe in Denver? No, I don't. Denver's <laughs> already acquired average Joe. So to speak, in theory, has acquired average Joe. No, I don't think he starts anywhere. I think he, I think he stays right where he is because he's had his chance and he wasted it. Next question. Uh, let's see who else we have here. Um, that's all the, that's all the offensive players. The rest are defensive. Anything notable on defense though? Any notable um, guys? Um, let me look through the list really quick Maybe if here. I did some research. Da, da, da. So what'd you think of the beer? I really like this one. Excellent. Really like this one. We're hosting a game event on Saturday. I know you can't attend because you're working. Um, but we're hosting a game. I, I really want to go pick some of this up. I've seen it in two or three different places and I really think I want to go pick up. A oh, here, here's another it. one. Um, Kenny Stills. The receiver from Miami? Yeah. So Miami is basically the East Coast version of Arizona. To me, he's the modern Sammy Watkins. And I say that knowing Sammy Watkins is still playing. Um, He'll go somewhere as a number two or a number three. He might be the next Ted Ginn. Um, He'll go somewhere, but I don't don't think it's notable. All right. I don't think it's notable at all. Uh, No, that's... You know um, what we didn't talk about? What didn't we talk about? Johnny Manziel. That's right. So for those who haven't heard the news today, being uh, the 27th of February, Johnny Manziel was released by Montreal. I think the Alouettes is the, the, the CFL name. But it goes beyond a simple release into the realm of he violated his agreement with the league. Whatever and now that he's means. ineligible to play for two years. Because they haven't actually said what he did. So that's my first question. What did he do to violate his agreement? It would have to be substance related, right? Substance or he was like, I don't know if their agreement means he can't like talk to the NFL or the AF or the, the AALF. AAF? AF. Jeez, the beer's getting to you. It is. That's unusual for Craig to be stumbling before A-A-F. I am. <laughs> um, I think it's got to be substance related. At least with his history, that would make more sense. And, and isn't alcohol his historical drug of choice? Yes. That's where he's the one who ran from cops when he was drunk and disorderly and got into trouble that way. So okay. did Baker Mayfield let college. Me, let me let me generalize. He didn't, he didn't see the he didn't read the story of uh, Darth Leaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just made me chuckle. Um let me generalize. I was in Montreal recently. Ah we uh-huh. um I actually in my entire week there only ran into one purely French speaking person and they were working at the pharmacy where I was just <laughs> trying to buy a soda and a bag of chips. But that's beside the point. Well, too, there was a guy in the street who just asked me for directions, but I didn't understand what he was asking me because he was, he was speaking. You're like, ah, we, and you pointed in a random direction. I, yeah, I, I can't remember how we worked it out, but we worked it out. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of alcohol 
in Montreal. There's a lot of breweries. We hit a different brewery in old Montreal every day we were there. How long were you there? A week. Nice. Five nights, I think. We went to five different breweries. Not bars, breweries. And I don't think we used anything more than the metro to get to any of them. Nice. They're very interesting city in that respect. We actually ended up having an hour-long conversation with the brewmaster at one of the breweries about the differences between Canadian and American brewing styles. Apparently, things that happen, the, the trend flows northward about 6 to 12 months after. So we were there in October. Okay. The IPA craze was in full swing. That it happened at the end of like 2017, beginning of 2018. Sours, Sours was a new thing they were just starting to mess with. And Sours are real big on the East Coast right now. You know, I mean, everybody yeah. knows that. Bourbon, I think bourbon barrel-aged stuff is the new trend that's going to okay. push Sours out of the way. But just, they had one Sour on tap, like four different IPAs. And we're sitting there talking. And literally, this woman just looked at us and said, I have not been to a, a, a maker's conference in almost a year. What's going on in America? What's going on? Oh, well, not nice. America. I'm sorry. What's going on in the States? Because they consider themselves Americans, too, because they're in North America. What's going on in the States? Was, and I pulled up the website for Two Roads. Hashtag sponsor us. <laughs> I said, this is the guy's most local, one of the most local to us that produces the most stuff. Here's what they're doing. And talked about the styles. I had to talk to her for at least 20 or 30 minutes. Nice. And it was just interesting. Good thing Ryan wasn't with you. He would have talked to her the whole night. Oh, there would have been, yes. He and her would have been off. Like a, I'm sure he's been up there, and I'm sure he's had those opportunities, knowing him and, and his globe, global trotting ways. Now I'm starting to stumble. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting. Actually, a brewmaster who actually wanted to talk to me and go, oh, really? What are they doing in the States? What's the stuff you're tasting now? What's the new stuff coming out? What are people looking for? A lot of Canadian breweries, Collective Arts being an example of them, are trying to get partnerships. They're Canadian? Yes, they brew out of Toronto, oh, but they're in that. our area because they've partnered with local breweries here to who brew shall remain remain nameless. Hashtag sponsor us <laughs> and because and, and it's an in kind. So they agree to brew stuff for an American or a state's brewery. We agree to brew something for the Canadian brewery. No borders crossing. There's no oh. tariffs. There's no import export fees. Everything is staying in the country of origin but with a different label on it. So when you look at this collective arts can, yep. it will tell you, unless it's, I'm an idiot, Well, it will tell you where it was brewed. This particular one was brewed in Wisconsin. Collective arts is based out of Toronto. Oh. But they have set up partnerships with multiple breweries so that they don't have to import export and then they return in kind. That's smart. Very Speaking smart. Speaking of beer, you should open the third one. I should, shouldn't I? You should. I haven't finished the second one. All right, we'll do some talking. <laughs> While Bert finishes this beer. Uh, yeah, Deb, so we're going to go back to that tape. Um, I know you were very... I, I just you, I don't want to offend anybody. No, no. Except she, Patriot she, fans, because right, there's no way to not do that. No, there isn't, actually. Right, what do we got here? Uh, oh, it's uh, another beard. That's going to be us. Next season, that's us. The picture on the can? Yes. It's a guy holding up a glass <laughs> with his hand underneath it in the claw fashion. <laughs> He's smoking a big fat cigar. <laughs> this guy looks like he's right out of the 1920s. You know what? You got to tweet the picture on uh, this. I will. Tweet the picture on this before the end read, of the day. Read the name of it, though. Uh, hashtags of the rich and famous. <laughs> a double dry hopped New England style with lactose added. Can somebody explain to me the whole lactose thing? I think that makes it, I don't know, that makes it like cream, like give it that like creamy texture. I was working at the arena two weeks ago. Okay. 
and we had something by wait for it nebco okay and it was i think it was nebco and it was called baby seal slumber party okay and it was an ipa bush with lactose added and people kept saying to me because again i was at the craft station right so people say to me why is there lactose in the beer? What does that do? Does that change the texture of the beer at all? I this thing it, it makes it gives it that like smooth texture when you drink it. Well, I told people I don't know. Well, at least you're honest. We're I don't gonna, know. We I can mean, ask Ryan the next time we see him. But I'm uh, again with the with the pours. Brit Brit is an expert. He he is a beer pouring expert. And you know the worst part was there was still stuff in the can. So I'm like, oh crap! What do I do now? <laughs> Yeah, Ta-da. that's pretty damn good. I'm that sorry. Is. He's he's good, folks. All right, let's let Craig. Oh, I'm bumping the mic. So if you hear banging, that's, that's just right. me. All right, this is this is hazy. Uh, I'm I gonna say s- this is closer to clear than hazy because I can see I can see straight through it. True, that's I, true. It's not it's not clear clear, but I can see through it and I can see the light. If I hold it up to a light source, I can clearly see the source of the light on the other side. So this is more of a pilsner kind of golden color. Craig is drinking. Let's see what he thinks. Wow, that's smooth. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that's going to be dangerous then. That is it's, smooth. Uh, it's only 6%, which is low for a double dry hopped. That is smooth and has a really like clean clean finish. There's no heavy aftertaste. He's thinking. He's thinking. That's weird. Right? It smells stronger than it tastes. I'm not getting any direct hops. No. I In a double dry hopped. Okay, so what the hell is dry hopping? Dry hopping is when you've brewed everything and you've got it in the fermenter. And then you have some idiot who is brave enough to climb on top of the fermenter, which is usually about 20 feet off the ground, open up a hatch and drop more hops into the <laughs> fermenter. I am not getting a strong no. hop off of this. Barely any. I'm not. But it I'll tell really... you right now, a beer and a half in, my bladder is feeling it. <laughs> so it might be time for one of those moments where Craig takes the mic. Oh, perfect. So right now, ladies and gentlemen, unfiltered, on wow. with Unfiltered. no preparation, <clears throat> none. I present to you the random thoughts of Craig <laughs> Matthews. Um, this past Monday, in case anyone was curious, it was Ric Flair's 70th birthday. Um, so I've watched wrestling my entire life. Um, so has Britt. He'll tell you that when he gets back. Um, yeah, I started watching wrestling when I was like, I don't know, three, maybe four. Uh, I was on Saturday afternoons. Uh, but. <clears throat> Ric Flair is still in wrestling, so if you ever watched wrestling at all, you probably know who Ric Flair is. Britt and I actually went to a luncheon with him uh, for the Bluefish probably two, probably two or three years ago. Um, we got to sit down. I think Britt and I have mentioned this on the podcast before, but we've we uh, went to luncheon. We heard many uh, many stories that we can't repeat on the air. So <clears throat> that was a really really good time. We actually get to take pictures with him. Uh, but yeah, this past Monday was his seventh birthday. He was actually on Raw, uh, which is one of the WWE's um, weekly shows. Uh, so he's actually still in wrestling. If you were ever, uh, if you were curious about that, and he is still alive. Almost died once, but he's still alive. Uh, yeah, Britt. So you remember the stories? I'm Rick back. Flair, hey, Britt's back. Um, you remember the stories that uh, Ric Flair told us at that luncheon? Most of which we can't repeat. On right, the air. right, right. Craig and I had yeah. not. Did you tell him about that while I was out? Did you tell him about how we met them? Did you bring up the fact yeah. the luncheon, the whole? Yep, yep. Did you bring up Brought the whole the Diet Coke thing? I did not bring up the Diet Coke thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I ran. I'm a little out of breath and I'm way out of shape. Um, 
Yeah, okay. So, yeah, no, he, he told a lot of stories. It was he it did. was a very interesting day. And then we got to shake hands with him and we pose did. with him. So the funniest part of the story that I can tell, <laughs> it, because there are funnier parts we can't repeat, is that because they had Ric Flair as the guest manager and master of ceremonies for the event, for the batting, for the home run derby portion of that all-star weekend at the luncheon, they had crafted a um, championship belt. Yes. It was it had the sponsors logo on it, the whole nine yards. So after we get to meet Ric Flair, the guy who is in charge of one of the guys I work with at the Bluefish says to me, hold this and hands me the championship belt <laughs> because he wants to go say hi to Ric Flair and get a picture up with Ric Flair, too. So I looked at Craig and went, take a picture of me with this championship belt. And he went, oh, yeah, all right. And he takes a picture of me with the championship belt over my shoulder, which I immediately put on social media and just made a huge joke out of it. The dude comes back. I hand him the belt and I go, I'll see you later on tonight. I get to the ballpark three hours later to start my shift. And somebody goes, what did you do with the belt? Like, what do you mean? What did I do with the belt? (laughs) No one can find the belt. And I'm like, no, I, I, I never, I gave it back to such and such who asked me to hold it. How do you even know I had it? Well, I saw your picture with it on social media. (laughs) No one has seen it since the belt to this day is a mystery. No one knows where it went. We think somebody must have walked off from the luncheon with it. Probably. It's probably one of the visiting players. We'll just go with that. That, it was, that, was, a nice, that was a nice luncheon, though. That I was really, a nice luncheon. I, you know, my second favorite part of that would have to be the dude who first spoke. Because took, Rick took questions and answers. Yeah. The first dude got up and gushed about how much he loved watching Rick in the 70s. What a great performer he was. How much his wrestling meant to him. Blah, blah, and never asked a question and then handed the mic off and sat down. And Ric Flair looked at him and went, thank you for all of that, but you don't have a question? <laughs> <laughs> like he was shocked. That there was all this, all this adoration and no question. Yeah. So anyway, um, I apologize for the interruption there. I, I, my, I have a it tiny happens. bladder. A tiny bladder. I don't know what to make of this beer. I think I like it, but I'm not sure, to be honest. That's fair. I just don't know. It doesn't taste like it's not hoppy at all. It and is it's not, not what I expected. And it's not citrusy. It is not at all what I expected. No. So, believe it or not, yes. we have rambled so much about everything other than football that we're out of time. Oh, that's sad. So, sad. final thought segment, Craig, what do you got for me this week? <sighs> wow. Well, um, you know what? The draft is actually going to be here before we know it. The Combine's this week. The Combine is this week. The NFL officially starts its new season, uh, like in what? two weeks a week yeah just about a week yeah i think it's the first week uh, of march first full week of march so yeah especially if you're in a dynasty league definitely start paying attention again the combine is where you start paying attention the nfl draft is where your work begins it's that i like simple. that i like that it's that simple and it's why i won't do a best ball until after oh the god NFL draft. no god no yeah no no i just can't do it i just no. can't do it this is going to be a very de- defensive heavy draft so Pay attention to who gets drafted on offense. And that's the thing. And so that's where I'll go with my final thought. Now that you're starting to pay attention to, you've had your break. You had your break for what, was a, what, like about a month. month. You month, had a nice month, month off. Half. I hope yeah. everybody had a nice relaxing <laughs> month off. I clearly did because I didn't do any preparation. <laughs> but I hope you had a nice month off. It's time to start getting to work on 2019, particularly for folks, as Craig mentioned, in Dynasty Leagues. That starts with the Combine because that is a huge part of Dynasty. For even those of us in season long and best ball, the work really begins at the NFL draft. And that is because where you go matters. Oh, God, yes. And right now, this is a defense-heavy draft, as Craig just said. In a defense-heavy draft, 
where you go matters even more because offensive players who have the potential to be superstars may go to any of 27 teams. Yes. Not like last year where we had six quarterbacks that we knew were going in the top 10 or 15 picks. We knew that there were going to be six quarterbacks taken early. Even if you didn't think Baker Mayfield was going to Cleveland, you knew he was going in the first 10 picks. You had an idea. Because of the defensive nature of this draft, all those bets are off. Guys can drop massively in a defensive draft. I'm trying to think of the dude's name. There was a guy that that happened to The guy from Notre Dame. Oh, ended up with the Chiefs. Oh. Quarterback? Yes. Brady Quinn. Yes, thank you. That's exactly who's that guy. Brady Quinn. What about the Chiefs? Yeah, he was a Chief for a while. I don't know if he was drafted by the Chiefs, but he was a Chief for a while. Oh, all right. Brady Quinn, in another year, would have been a first-round prospect, and he ended up just dropping rapidly because there was so much defense that year. I'd have to look back. I'm going to probably end up putting out an apology for this, too, because, like, (laughs) two defensive players were drafted in the first round (laughs) that year. But I'm pretty sure, if I recall correctly, that was a defense-heavy draft. And that just pushed him further and further back until Roger Goodell was, come with me, come sit in my booth. You don't have to be on TV anymore. You're the only person left in the green room. It's it's Sunday. You've been here for two days, Brady. Let, let's go get you a shower. You know, so that is where the attention begins to be because it, the difference, unlike last year where we knew wherever Saquon Barkley went, and we had a pretty good idea he was going to the Giants, but wherever he went, he was going to have an immediate impact. It mattered. Nick Chubb going anywhere but Cleveland probably has an even bigger immediate impact. And we know that. We see it. So the draft is crucial. If you are in a best ball or dynasty league, do not let anyone bully you into saying you have to do it before the draft. There is no benefit to it. None. None. But that being said, the week after the NFL draft, Craig and I are probably doing a best ball live on the air. More than likely, yes. More than likely. We only did seven of them last year. (laughs) Let's go over 10 this year. And we cashed in three. It was a net positive. It was a net positive, folks. It wasn't much of a net positive, but it was a net positive. That's the thing. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about best ball. I can throw $10 into draft.com. And I can yep. look at Craig on a Saturday at one o'clock while we're sitting in the hops company, just having a beer and go, you want to do a draft? <laughs> Chuck sure. a dollar at it. Who cares if it's terrible? It's a dollar. The right. real drafts I save till later. So anyway, so yes, begin paying attention again. I promise you that between now and our next episode, I will read a thousand <laughs> articles on the different things going on at the combine. It is time to start paying attention again. Vacation time is over champions return to work the guys who stumble into good picks they're still on vacation you yes. nothing you could do about them do yourself a favor the work begins now that's it do the closing that's crack. it i'm gonna finish my drink <laughs> uh, and thank you once again for uh spending the last hour with us uh remember leave us a review on itunes stop by um fignutsdfs.com and uh i'm craig i am brett and this has been the football fignuts podcast good night everybody (laughs) 